Good afternoon, everybody. You're so, so welcome. My name is Rhoda, and this is Andy, and this is Miriam. And although I don't hail from Carlisle, um, I, I originally am from Scotland. I am from the Golden City of Dreams, aka Carlisle. Um, and um, we just want to welcome you. We just, um, we're, we're going to pray in a second. But we have come to discover that place is deeply important in the kingdom of God. We have come to discover that where we plant our feet is really important in his kingdom because it all started in a place called Eden. It's all going to end in a place which is going to be wonderful. But we get to see touches of those places and spaces right here, wherever we live, work or play which is just incredible. And we just want to share a little bit of that heart um, for our city, Carlisle. But we also recognize that there is many places represented here in this room, which is exciting. And so as a starter activity, we'd love you just to turn to the people around you. If you know them already, turn to someone you don't know. Say, where are you from? What place do you hail from? Where are you from? <laughs> Guys, let's gather back in then. I love, I love that we, we probably could chat all afternoon, which is brilliant, so brilliant. So you will have gotten to know some of the places that are represented in this room. And I just want to tell you about the place that I now call home. And um, Carlisle is uh, the great border city, or one of the great border cities in the UK. It's just five miles south of the border from Scotland. It is Britain's most besieged city. Um, it has a, pr a pretty um, rotten history of some great battles that have been across there. The border reavers, which would have pillaged and stealed and stolen and, and done all the bad stuff in the past. At one point, it was the capital city of Scotland. Another point it was the capital of England and um, we've had Mary Queen of Scots through Carla we've had a lot of things go on in our city and over the last um, nine years we've had the privilege of of just instigating community in this place and space called Carlisle because we long to see his kingdom come his will be done in Carlisle as it is in heaven and um, we're just deeply excited to join the story of our city. And we believe as a community that we exist to write a new story of hope over Carlisle and join with the others in the city who long to see the same too. So right from the outset, we, um, we, we, we thought, well, how does it look to root into this place called Carlisle? How does it look for our feet to be firmly planted into the soil that's Carlisle? And so, we, we started by reading the newspaper, which is always a great place to start, or it was back in the day when it was actually a paper that you read and that you picked up from the, from the so we, we started with the newspaper and we started to recognize some of the people that were key in our city. And we started to befriend some people that we met. We started to write letters of encouragement to people that we saw in these newspapers. And then we started to notice little articles. Like one day, there was this tiny article saying, do you want to be an ambassador for this place called Carlisle? And we're like, yeah, great, we could do that. There's like two of us in this church plant right now. I'm sure that we could do that, no problem. And so we started to respond to some of the asks um, of the city as well and just started to align. And you'll hear some of the things that have been uh, birthed through the time. But right from the outset as a community, we just wondered what does this look like um, to see the old stories of our city be retold and reimagined? Like, you know, some of the old stories are uh, defensiveness. 
because actually uh, our, our city is so besieged that there is family and generation after generation who've become defensive, who've become protective of their own and are not welcome, welcoming of a stranger or of another. And so how do we help to rewrite that story? Well, you know what we do? We, we throw feast Sundays every month. Once a month, we throw a feast for our city. And then we encourage others to start throwing feasts in their homes and welcome people into their homes. And we create rhythms like this as a community. And then, you know, the other thing is, some of you will have um, jelly babies on your seats. And uh, you know what we do? We find out what the rhythms of our city are and we join in with them. So uh, we have a Cumbria run every year, which is a half marathon. And we're just like, wouldn't it be so cool if we just take jelly babies down there for the last mile to fuel people on and some cups of water as well. And then do like the biggest prayer stroke champion channel ever and just, and just stand either side. Number 1124, you are a gift and you can do this. Number 6521, how wonderful you are. Keep going. And then there would be some who come by limping and we would just simply go and run beside them and say, hey, can I, can I pray? It seems like you've got some pain there in your legs. Can, can we pray alongside? So we just run alongside and pray at the same time. You know, you're wonderful. You can do this. You can, you can finish this race. We're with you. And, you know, that was a resounding cheer across our city as well. We are with you and you can do this. We can do this together and providing water and, and just all the connotations. That's why some of you got jelly babies. And we want you to take those jelly babies and champion someone. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, you're going to come across someone who needs championing, and we just want to release that. Then we, um, we started Bags of Courage, and this was a bag full of courage, which we can just gift to our neighbours, to the places and spaces we encounter, to our workplaces. And we can pop these in and say, you are not alone and we want to fill your heart with courage. And this is a small symbol that leads to a big conversation. And, and just the, these little seeds that can scatter. And then we have the cup of courage. Yeah. And, and we have coffee that goes in this cup or tea that goes in this cup. And we, we have these visible signs as a community and we call them the cup of courage. Here you go, here's your cup of courage for today. And then we have things like the tea bag and the Kit Kat, and your story really matters. You're as precious as can be. So take a moment, put your feet up, and have a lovely cup of tea. And it's uh, it's the best cup of tea ever because it's Yorkshire. <laughs> it's just lovely. <laughs> but these these you know guys, in some ways these are just Kit Kats. These are just tea bags. These are just some kind words. But when they are put into the hands of kingdom carriers, when they are put into Jesus' great seed-like multiplication, they've started to change things in our city and start to change the story of our city from being one of great defense to encouragement and welcome. And, and we are determined to just keep going and just persevering in the long term in this journey and story of partnering and just loving our city literally into life. And um, we're, we're really excited about that. And so Andy and, and Mur are going to share a little bit of what it's, it's tangibly look like as we've come alongside our city council. 
hundreds of businesses as well, to just say t together, collectively, we are stronger and we can do this. And this is just our representation. So we just were chatting about this together. These are a couple of examples of things that we've started in our city in partnership with others, which you may want to take away as a concept, but there's so many other things and ideas in this space too, and on people's hearts, which we just want to see multiplied too. So we want to save time for each one of us to share those ideas together as well as we do that. So Andy, if you want to just share a little bit, that'd be real. Thanks, love. Hello. Hi, uh, so my name is Andy, and I was born in Carlisle. Does anybody know where Carlisle is? Oh, because sometimes people say, Carlisle, oh, isn't Wales lovely? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it is. But Carla, and you know, often people would say, in fact, I was just chatting to my new friend, Glenn, and um, he said not to tell you he's a spy, um, or ex-spy, sorry. Um, but Glenn said, oh, I've bypassed Carlisle many times. And what's interesting is many people would say that, and you know, people from Carlisle, they probably feel a little bypassed. In Carlisle is the most incredible place. It's the most generous city in the world. Like, there's so much history in, it's like uh, Chester or York, but people from Carlisle are a little bit like, huh, right. Like Hadrian's Wall runs through Carlisle and people are like, oh, those bricks are a bit old. <laughs> and we've got some stunning places and people are like, oh, could they not build something new? So there's this negativity of blankets over Carlisle and that's what part of what we're about is helping to rewrite a new story. Because in your place, there's old stories that have been engraved into the city. But one of the reasons that you're alive is to help rewrite that story. I have something to say to you. And I don't know if your heart is open or closed or grumpy or cross or full of joy. So why don't you just take one hand and pop it on your heart. And Rhoda referred to that picture of uh, the Eden. And Eden is a garden. And if your heart's anything like my heart, it'll need a bit of gardening. And COVID has done so many different things and we just don't want to rush ahead into relentless activity and what about this, what about that? But we do sometimes need to pause and, and Miriam's been so helpful in this journey just for us sometimes to pause and do a little gardening. So we've only got a short time together, but let's take two minutes to do some gardening in our own hearts. So I'm going to pray, then I'll leave a gap and then I'll pray again. Jesus, I thank you that one of the titles they gave you was gardener. So would you come and help us garden our own hearts now? For the bits that have got um, a bit hard, disappointed, disillusioned, for the hard parts of our hearts that are just flourishing and blooming, we thank you, but so would you help us now? Would you take our hand and help us to garden our own hearts? Help us to identify the weeds and the lies that have taken root. So would you show us now what's up with our heart 
and what replanting you would like to do. Holy Spirit, come. Father, I thank you that you love us enough to break up the hard bits of our heart. And I thank you that you've got some kingdom seeds that you want to pour in there. So we open up our hearts afresh to you and we welcome you, the gardener, the landscaper, to come and do something fresh in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I remember a friend saying to me once, if what was in your heart was multiplied across your place, your city, your town, would that be a good thing for your place, for your city, for your town? And that's why regular gardening of hearts is vitally important. I've kind of forgot what I was meant to be talking about. <laughs> Give it a day. So part of us being in Carlisle, so I was born in Carlisle, and ever since I was a little boy, I always just I knew what I wanted to be. I just wanted to work in the family business. I wanted to be like my dad. He was my hero. He still is my hero. And I was following him up and down the fields, and I just wanted to be like my dad. And then I met Jesus, and I, I kind of had a question. Okay, God, I'll do whatever you want. I'll go wherever you want. Just tell me. Where, 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 where? And I, I felt there was a bit of a gap because it, it was kind of silent. It's like, but God, I'm saying, I'll go wherever you want. I'll be whoever you want. I'll do where, what? And it was a gap. And I had this like slow realization that God had put some stuff in my heart. The reason I was alive, I came to the conclusion was, I just want to see Carlisle and North Cumbria, where I live, come alive in Jesus. And I was just like, oh, maybe that's not the enemy. <laughs> maybe that's not me. Maybe that's God. I was just like, oh, and it is. And I believe the reason I'm alive is to see my area, my land, Cumbria and Carlisle just come alive in Jesus. And that's one of the reasons. So we love Vineyard. We love being part of Carlisle. But we didn't just start Carlisle Vineyard to get a load of people to come to a building on a Sunday for an hour and a half. We signed up for seeing the kingdom come and a whole city coming alive. Now, when Ro mentioned before about this thing called Carlisle Ambassadors, Ro does this wonderful thing of saying, yes, my husband would love to come to that. <laughs> so I go along and say, hello, my name's Andy, and um, I'm, I'm part of this thing. And I meet and we go and it's talking about uh, what it looks like to come together to help Carlisle be a better place to invest and visit and to be part of. I'm like, yeah, we'll be part of this. Anyways, time goes on and one time we meet and they say, bring your ideas. What would you love to see happen? Now, maybe about 10 or 11 years ago, and with some other church leaders in Carlisle. This is before Carlisle Vineyard. And we met with the MP. And as I was listening, everybody was asking the MP what he could do for us. I remember just thinking, I think we've got this the wrong way around. We're not asking the right questions. And the one thing about if you want to help 
bring life to a city or a place, you, we need to ask better questions. Jesus, question master. Isn't he? Isn't he? He's so good at asking the questions that unlocks what's really going on. So we started to ask questions. And we started to ponder, instead of asking the MP what he could do for us, like, what would it look like if we gave what we had and we gave it away? And slowly but surely, this idea of give a day came about. Now, it wasn't until we really met Miriam and Miriam came into our life that she said, there's something about this give a day, but it needs to be shaped. We need to work out the vision and the values. I just want to take a moment to honor Miriam. And we would both say that if it wasn't for Miriam, we would probably have got a collection of canaries or something. <laughs> Don't even like canaries. <laughs> but the best way to describe what Give a Day is about is to show you a little bit of a video from a few years ago. Thank you so much, Israel. I'm giving a day to Carl. Give a day. I'm giving a day because there have been. I'm giving a day because it's hard. I'm here to give a day to I'm show my. I'm giving a day to the city. As an I'm giving a day because I've. I'm giving a day to the city. Give a day. It's really, really simple. It's about whatever you are passionate about, whatever you've got in your hands, whatever you're good at, whatever you love doing. Give it away to somebody else for their benefit for just for a day. We've found that there's some incredible people and organisations and partners across the city who say, let's work together, let's see what we can do together. This project's all about Carlisle Sheep Mount, which basically all, all the flood debris after the floods in December is all over the picture still. We've got a bunch of volunteers down today, and we're basically just picking up all the rubbish on the ground down here. As a service, Unity, um, we like to get out into the community and sort of help local causes. So we're helping um, Greystone House Residential Home to create a memorial garden space. I'm Sharon Campbell, I'm the manager at Greystone House. The garden is absolutely beautiful. Everybody's had the tea outside already. Everybody loves it. Parts of Joy is just, I guess, a small token of saying to people who've been affected by the flood, we're with you in this. We ask people to take a plant pot away and fill it up with soil and pretty flowers, and then we give that plant pot to someone as they're moving back into the house, um, and it's just a way to say, yeah, we're with you. We saw the skate park after flood damage had been slightly worn down, so we thought we'd come down and brighten it up for them. There was lots of flaky paint, the railings were more or less bare. We have got a whole load of volunteers down, including the skaters themselves. They've helped us repaint the railings. We're currently repainting the walls and the ramps, and then later on we are going to be spray painting them to give it a whole new, fresh look. The City Council, uh, with a lot of local churches, have gotten together and their give a day expression was to be able to bring a street party to Carlisle, celebrating the Queen's 90th birthday, these big outdoor games, places just to picnic, sit and relax and enjoy the sunshine, and a few really great groups that are just, um, you know, jazzing it all up with music. Um, storytelling for the kids, face painting, and of course free cake and coffee for everybody. But also, you know, it was really just six months on, obviously, from the floods as well. It was just really in our hearts to want to bring a celebration and, and have a party together. The whole ground floor was flooded. 
a depth of about nine feet. It was up to over, the, over this here, this staircase. So I, I was thinking I would maybe be able to get out of the house downstairs, but obviously there was no chance of doing that. Everything was lost downstairs. There's no bathroom, no kitchen, no lounge, no, no everything. Home project aims to renovate three uh, uninsured flood affected properties. We've got Jen's property um, where we've had to strip out and really start from scratch. So he's really given us control of that on his behalf. So we're on day seven of House Home today. I think we've had 60 plus individuals through the door of Jem's house this week to help him out. Everybody's just mucked in to do that absolute best for Jem. And for me, that's just amazing to see and that's what Give A Day is all about. It's just incredible the work they've put in and even a brand new dog bed gratefully received. The kitchen being transformed with the, all the units, a new, new cooker, a new ca carpet up the stairs up to the level over the top where it was flooded. It's just been again tremendous and amazing. Even the tradesmen come in and it's amazed what a wonderful bathroom it is or how marvellous the kitchen is and how marvellous the lounge is and they're people coming in so you can imagine how I feel. Just too much. What I love about Give A Day to the City is whether it's a big multinational company like EDF Energy building a bathroom for a flood affected home, or whether it's my mum making a pot of flowers and taking it to a lady down the street. A community has come together and have brought life to a city. We don't know exactly how many people have got involved in Give A Day. We reckon it could be between four or 500 people. And it just feels like we're scratching the surface about tapping into uh, a city, uh, nearly like a reservoir of generosity. So when I think about Give A Day moving forward, it doesn't take long to dream. What I've got is every builder, every joiner, every electrician, to say, for one day, we're going to give away what we've got. What would it look like for every school to get all the pupils, all the teachers, all the mums, dads, helpers, to say, what are we going to do in our local area that will be fiercely generous? What would it look like for every retired person to say, OK, let's go. I've got all this passion, all these skills. What does it look like for me to give a day? It can just go on and on and on. So my challenge to people, I think, is what are you passionate about? Find some passion, find some people to work with, and find some projects and go for it. You know, the most beautiful thing about Give A Day is it's not about us. We just had that thing at the very start saying, what's in our hand? We just want to give it away. And we naively, at the very start, we sense it, this will be something that the church does to the city. Oh man, we got that so wrong. We soon realize that this is something that we do with the city. Modeling generosity, modeling um, compassion, modeling community. And what I love about Give A Day is the number of partners that we've 
and friends that we've discovered along the way. So we work with, uh, like Carlisle College approached us a couple of years ago and said, okay, we've got some members of staff who would like to get involved. And we're like, wonderful, thinking maybe three or four. They had 156. So we released 12 teams to go to work with MenCap and all these different places across the city. And we discovered that something within us comes alive when we live a life bigger than our own. So I would invite you to consider what's in your hand for the place that God has placed you in. It's really tempting to have the um, the what and if to distract us from what God has for us in the now. And what I mean, you know what I mean by what and if. Like, if dot dot dot, or when dot dot dot. But just imagine that if you'd say, okay, God, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here in this place, so I'm going to be all here. And God, what have you placed in my hand? that can help bring life to the city. Now, Mur, do you want to come and share a little bit your story? Um, one of the things, uh, quite a lot of years ago, God, God spoke to us one Sunday morning just from a, a verse at the beginning of Acts chapter 3 in the message where it, it just says that um, this little phrase about John and Peter, it says, as they were on the way to the temple, and they stopped in that in that space and and meet the guy at the gate and, and a healing takes place. And I think we've just been increasingly, I mean, from the beginning, Andy and Roe, and, and as we've gone on from there, just captured by that on the way um, kind of phrase really. And just reflecting one of the one of the little stories from from the um, one of those give a day videos, the Queen's uh, birthday party, was was a, a guy who um, was was a friend of somebody from a gym, um, didn't know Jesus, didn't go go near you know, anywhere near kind of faith at that stage. But he heard about the fact that we were throwing a party for the city. And he was excited about that. And he was like, can I get involved in that? And we were like, sure, come along. So without really kind of knowing what he was jumping into, he just wanted to come and be part of the welcome team on that day. So of course, he had to turn up to all of the planning times and that. And no, nobody really stopped to think about the fact that, you know, that, that this, he, he, didn't, he didn't really know what we were doing. So when it came to stopping to pray together as, as the church, you know, the churches were gathering to, to prepare for it. He, he just kind of sat alongside everybody. And um, but anyway, the long and the short of that is, is, is that guy's been um, a regular part of, of one of the local churches in Carlisle since that point, because he just got welcomed in. There was a space made for him. And it was that kind of, that, that journey of on the way, he just got gathered in. He got, he, he got to see something of the kingdom and just started to ask a few more questions. And so I, I think that's, it's been a, a kind of a growing thing for me personally. I, I um, haven't been at Carlo Vineyard since the, the beginning. Um, but as I came alongside and joined um, with Andy and Ro, and just that, that sense of what is, what, what's God doing in the city? What's coming up? What's the rhythm? What are the things that are affecting people? And so the story I just want to share is around an, another little kind of thing that, that we've been doing for the last couple of years um, called Space to Talk. And that, that really came out of, so in, at the end of 2019, um, in October, we have a very high, um, it's about 90 metres high, uh, an old mill chimney 
that is, is still part of a, a building in the city uh, centre. And at the end of 2019, really uh, deeply sadly, there was a, a, a local guy, Phil, who lost his, his, lost his life there. And uh, without going into the detail, it was a very um, public, and uh, he was at the top of the chimney. Yeah, it's quite hard to say without going into the detail, but basically he could be seen. Um, and it took the services nine hours to be able to, because of the nature of where he was stuck, um, to, to be able to reach him. And really tragically, he died, having decided in that time that he didn't want his life to end. Um, but because of where it was, this landmark can be seen right across the city from workplaces, homes. And so over these nine hours, you know, children, families, people, people witnessed it, you know. Um, and so what we, we found in the days following that, that time, that as we were talking to people, there was just obviously a really deep impact um, on, you know, on people's um, lives and whether it was because they may have known Phil or whether it was because it was bringing up something else for them or it was you know it was connecting to something they had been through um, people were, were genuinely there was the you know there was quite a lot of sort of trauma people not being able to sleep and so on and so I think just the conversation because we're sort of used to this thing of on the way what do we do to respond we chatted to our friends at the the City Council and the outcome of, of that and, and some of our uh, folks in our community, the result of that was uh, a local cafe right next to the chimney offered us space where we could invite people along to come and just talk about what they had experienced. Um, and so we won on a Sunday morning. Um, so often we, you know, Sundays can look pretty different. Um, so this particular Sunday, we had somebody to come and just share with the whole community for about 20 minutes what it looks like to just, in a really simple way, to listen well to somebody else. The power of opening up a space where somebody's story can be heard. So we did about 20 minutes with people, and then. Um, the council had provided the funding, so we had about a thousand of the, the bags of courage, and we just handed those to everybody, and they, people went door to door, and that, that, was, that was our church gathering that Sunday morning. And what we found, it was the same story, so we went to about a thousand homes in the local area, and it was again that thing of on the way, so it was on the doorstep. Not everybody wanted to come to the cafe, uh, not, a lot of people didn't feel confident to do that, but the stories that just opened up on the doorstep, the opportunities to just pray with people on the doorstep because of you know, what it was sort of opening up in, in their own story. And so it really it was from that we just started thinking, you know, there seems to be this, there's a space and they're in between where um, not everybody is at a place in their life where they perhaps need to go and have that, that or want to do that healing journey or to go for therapy. Um, but they've got some real stuff that they're carrying. There's real burdens of their, on their hearts that they, you know, that they need a little bit of intervention, but often just a listening ear, somebody who cares. And it just, it comes from that whole thing of just, you know, God um, with his story with Hagar, that he's the God who sees, he's the God who knows and stops and interjects into the person's story, no matter what it is. Um, and, and so, yeah, we, we just sort of started thinking from that, you know, how, how do we respond to this in our city of this kind of, you know, vast number of people who won't, who won't ever maybe go across the doorstep of, you know, perhaps for therapy, but they genuinely 
need and their story matters enough for it to be heard. So we had started at the beginning of 2020 to, to brew an idea around that and into that then obviously um, the pandemic started. So we thought this is definitely going to be something that is needed where we can just, we can just connect. And it's been, we're still going, um, it was the simplest of idea. We kept it simple so that we could be nimble with it. It didn't, we never started it to be in anything, <laughs> never started it to be a ministry even. We were just simply saying, what, what do people's hearts need? And how does the kingdom look in that situation? So basically we just took a couple of, um, you know, like sandwich boards, billboards that say space to talk on them. And we set those up outdoors in the city centre and we have bags of courage to give away. So from, from the beginning or the sort of uh, spring of 2020, um, every Friday for a few hours, that's what we're, we're down there doing, is just offering that space to talk. And we've, we've just had the most beautiful stories unfolding opportunities to pray with people, um, people connecting with us and many people now coming along every single week to just have that space. Um, we've seen people, but you know, bringing pr words of prophecy, calling out the gold, um, all all in language that people may not identify as as being, you know, sort of from the church, um, but God interjecting into their story and letting them know that they're seen. And it's just been, yeah, just a very very simple way of on the way being able to sort of see the kingdom come and into people's lives and to make some real um, long term friends and connections. Thanks so much, Ma. Um, I've always been intrigued by the Nehemiah story. And I would encourage you at some point to read afresh the Nehemiah story. Um, I don't know much about what happened in Nehemiah's normal life. But there was a question that he asked one day that changed everything. It looked like an, a simple, even naive question when he asked people, tell me, how are things in my old place? How are things in the city? And he was, as he asked this question, it was like God broke his heart. And I would encourage you afresh to read the story of Nehemiah and place yourself in the story. Now, I also have a hunch, and I may be wrong, that there's some people here today, and you're in a place, but you don't really like it. And I want to let you know, it's okay. It's okay. Maybe you need to take some time and say, Jesus, are you moving me on? And if he says yes, then get some people to prayerfully commission you to go but if he says no and say okay Jesus you know my uh, stone heart can I have a new one please and I wouldn't don't don't worry about that I've I've had oh like two or three new hearts just this morning <laughs> so if you need a new heart he's really good at doing that like the exchange rate is really good in the kingdom of God Give him your skanky old, hard, concrete, bitter, twisted lump of 
molten was granite and ask him for a heart that beats like his. And that's what happened with Nehemiah. Um, I want to tell you a story. I don't really tell people the story, but I want to, because I trust you in this moment. Um, when Rhoda Kami signed me up for the Carlisle Ambassadors, and they said, bring your ideas, I went to the front and I said to some of the organizers, we've got this idea called give a day to the city. Like we all just bring what we've got and we give it away. And we'll all, a bit like DIY, SOS, we'll all be involved in something way bigger than any one of us could pull off together and everybody wins. And they're like, brilliant, let's go for it. So they said, well, come and present the idea at the next event. And there was about 200 people there, city leaders, business leaders, all sorts of leaders in this position. And I don't normally wear a suit. That may surprise you. So I had a suit on this day. And I remember I'd left a gathering um, of some of the church leaders and I said where I was going and people prayed for me and kind of sent me out as a pastor to the city. And I remember walking along West Walls, one of the ancient walls in the city and at the back of Tesco's there's an alleyway now you know generally alleys at the back of Tesco's are not sweet smelling places well I walked past there and there was a couple of lads I knew one lad I knew from when he used to come to a youth group years ago and this lad has just made bad choice after bad choice after bad choice. He said yes to everything that hurts him, hurts him and harms him. Anyways, he was in a bad way and his mate was in a really bad way. And of course, I just turned in and stepped. The reason I didn't want to tell you this story, it, it puts me in a good light. And I could tell you way more stories by putting me in a bad light. So believe me that this is just like one moment in my life where I got it right. <laughs> So funny, it doesn't look like anybody needed convincing of that. <laughs> so anyways, I'm there in this moment, and I end up just kneeling down in this back alley, and I'm listening to these guys, and, I, I'm, and I'm just, I, I, I find myself kneeling before them, and I'm listening, and I'm just, um, I end up just praying for them. And I'd love to tell you there's this dramatic moment and they both say yes to Jesus and all of the addiction falls off. That hasn't happened yet. But I gave away what I had in that moment. And I remember thinking, oh, I'll have to go. And I remember um, brushing off my knees and walking down West Walls. And I thought, oh, it's an interesting contrast where I've been here on my knees uh, washing the feet of the two lads and in about 15 minutes, I'm going to be speaking at this thing, at the race course, to all the, the grand folk. And I remember Jesus just whispering, saying, Andy, it's not one or the other. It's both. It's both. And my hunch is, is when we take on the posture of a servant and we wash the feet of the city, the Father gives us favor in the city center. If you're here as a church leader thinking, I was here to get tips to get people to come to church. 
We have no idea, <laughs> really. But if you're here to wonder what does it look like to see your place prosper, and I would love to see that word redeemed, move away from a little bit of the bling, because prosper is God's word. I do believe it's a word that needs redeemed and restored. So I just wonder, because we've got some time now, what God wants to do here in this moment. Now, I'm not giving Rhoda or Miriam eye contact, because if I did, they'd be like, no. So why don't you both just come up? <laughs> Is that right, honey? Did I make the right call there? Even though lazy, it might be a little bit, we shouldn't have done that. But I just feel like we maybe just want to pray for one another. Would that be good? What do you think we should do? Because the other stuff we can talk about, but I think sometimes we just need to have... Yeah, I just felt when Andy... Because I, I'm not from Carlisle. Like, I, I didn't arrive to this place and, like, I love this. Because I, I really do love Scotland. Like, that's that's my homeland. That's That's where I'm from. And you know what? There's been a few times where the Spirit of God has come and really broken my heart for this place. And that just happened for me last Wednesday, actually. And it was a bit embarrassing, but I was walking through our covered market and the Spirit of God just came and fell on me, right? And I, I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. Like, but like, you know, ugly tears, you know, and like, just like a real sense of like, Jesus, you've broken my heart for this place, eh? Like, you know, for the people in this place. I long to see his kingdom come, like, and there's a real passion that just, just kind of came. And so I just really want to pray for those who just long to have a fresh passion for the place that they live in. Like, if that's you, do you want to stand up just now? And like, like just be bold. Do you want a fresh passion for the place that you live in? Like a fresh sense. And just for those who are gathered around, would you just gather around the, the people that are standing just down? If it's everybody, just maybe put a hand on each other's shoulders. And uh, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you to come now. Come now, increase your presence in this place. Increase your presence over each and every heart. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Guys, let's just, just pray your best prayer over whoever you're around. Guys, I'm just going to invite you just to walk around the room. If there's somebody that's standing that doesn't have someone praying for them, and just praying our best prayer, Spirit, come and just share words or pictures as they come to your heart and your mind. Yeah, I just, I just pray over any disappointment in the room. I just pray over any sense of disappointment in the place that you live. For any of the, of the stories of disappointment so far, we just break those off in the name of Jesus. We, we speak freedom over those in the name of Jesus. That you would come and remind us of the great appointments that you have for us. That you would come and remind us of the way that you've appointed us for such a time as this, to live in the place that we are. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, Father, we just want to ask for your eyes and ears to see as well. To see like you see.
for a whole city to prosper, it needs a whole city. So we just want to call out and we want to pray for those who've got um, business at your heart. So we pray for those who've got business ideas, ventures brewing. We commission your name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to go bring life. For those who've entered into retirement and you're not sure what your role is, we commission you as grandparents in the city to help nurture, to help flourish. I would say maybe just two more minutes to pray your best prayers. And then we're going to have 10 minutes where you can ask Rhoda and Miriam anything you want. So I would encourage you to ponder the best questions. Okay, if you wanted to bring your prayers to a start, end for now. You know, I just asked my friend Ben, what are we missing? What should we do? And the one thing Ben said was, um, there may be some people who are wanting kind of what you have, but he's actually saying it's about creativity. And Rhoda started off talking about the Garden of Eden, and the Garden of Eden was planted with a view of things. It was just a start, like seed bearing stuff. So if there's anybody here, you're thinking, oh, I just don't have the creativity. I just don't have the ideas. I just want to invite you to a gardener called Jesus. And he has got creativity for you. He's got ideas for you beyond. Right, we've got 10 minutes left. Is that right? 10 minutes left. Um, it always sounds a bit funny. Do you have any questions? I, probably best kind of to what we're talking about, not just like how helicopters work. <laughs> and people sometimes explain to me, and I'm like, nah, <laughs> no way, is that true? But is there any questions that you'd like to ask Rhoda or Miriam or anybody else in the room? Oh, yes. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> What's in you? Well, I think part of the thing is I rem Miriam. Okay. I think let me tell you my story a little bit, really quick. I remember being a point saying, oh, Jesus, I'm not that good at preaching. I'm not that good at this. I'm not that good at that. I'm not that good at that. And Jesus said to me, Andy, I've never asked you to be. I'm like, oh, that's liberating. <laughs> My mate Lanky used to play football. And when he played with the likes of us, everybody else played better around him. He said, and Jesus said, Andy, I want you to be like Lanky. Your role is not to get all the goals. Your, go isn't, your goal is to help others get to play. Oh, that's liberating, isn't it? So when I realized what my job is, what's in my hand, was to get other people in the game.
if that makes sense. Oh yeah, Mer will help with that. I think one of the things, I don't know if you said that, you know, Andy often will say whatever's in your hand or whatever's in your heart. So it could be a very practical thing, whatever's in your hand. So we've seen, in terms of partnership, we've seen some businesses come towards where they've given £15,000 worth of tarmac to build a mobility uh, pathway down to the river. Um, you know, so it can be anything from physically, what do people have, what is their skill, um, but all the way to, we, we had another lady who did a project, because what was in her heart was, she had just seen um, some of the isolation, obviously, of people who, you know, living in rest homes. And so she brought together a project where she went to a local primary school and just said you know can would you can we work together I'll come and teach the kids how to make friendship bracelets and then we'll take the kids and we'll we'll go and spend time in the rest home making friendship bracelets with the residents it was the most beautiful project so that was something in her heart had nothing at all to do with what she does on a day-to-day -day basis um, but it, it was just yeah that sense of because it's like what are you empower you know what have you literally got it's kind of the the, the loaves and fishes concept really is it's nothing new but I think it's that that sense of being connected um, that, that God doesn't uh, many times I think we can bring this disconnect between in a sense what we do in church and then what we do in the everyday and and we move away from seeing all of it as kingdom and the fact that God has just created us he's put stuff in our hands be it finance resource skills heart um, but but it's that we get to just go and do that and and bring his kingdom you know and see see that come alive wherever we we are through whatever um, whatever means that he's given to us so it can look a million different things uh, for for you know one of the things that we did with the little um, uh, the cards and the the tea bags was worked with a local uh, secondary school and that was a beautiful time of just taking them out into the city and saying to them what does it look like for you just to go and talk to people that you you know would never normally talk to and give that away and we saw we we'd had um, five lads on another project from that school where the te the school itself was really hesitant uh, they they la they call these boys the bad boys uh, Andy goes in and says these are our future leaders they weren't going to let them go out on a project and and we were like would you just work with us and and these kids by the end of it they, they just said something you know was one of them said something's come alive in me he said you know we um, it's a Church of England school he said um, I sat through that thing miss he was like uh, you know where they talk about like a seed it's like a seed in your heart he kept saying he said well it's like mine's growing and um, he'd never been, and then it turned out that he had a friend at school who was part of our community. Um, you know, and it's just like this dot to dot, we talk a lot about the dot to dot of relationships, isn't it, where God joins them. But so often we've seen that, that connection happening simply because somebody's bought part of what's in their hand and been willing to sort of offer it to somebody else, and those connections come. Thanks, Ma. Yes. Rhoda, how big? <laughs> See my skill? Carlisle is 78,000 people in population. We are technically, uh, technically a place. How big is, is that right? How oh, I'm giving you my stats. stats. Well, 
see this, I think this is interesting in our informational, technological, digital world, isn't it? Like our sense of place, has it lo been lost a little bit? Because place, I can be in LA whenever I want to now. Like, do, do you know, like there's there's something, um, so I, I think that we are talking about the local place that you live in. So where is your hamlet? Where is your village? Where is your town? Where is your city? Where is the, lo the place that you call home essentially? Um, and I think that there's something, I think that we have a job to do actually for such a time as this is reclaiming the place that we actually physically dwell in and, and, and trying to encounter that place in the fullness that we can. So for me personally, that looks like maybe laying down some of the online deliveries I've been doing and shopping locally because then I get to encounter the place that I live in. You know, so they, I think there's quite a few things actually that there's beautiful things about the informational technological age, isn't there? But I, I just think there's something really beautiful of actually encountering the people and place that we are living alongside and trying somehow to reclaim that because I think as humans, we've become increasingly accustomed to living fairly isolated lives where we feel connected in some way, don't we? But actually we don't know the place that we live in. And, and I think that there's gonna be a shift in that. Um, I hope there's gonna be a shift in that. Does that answer that somehow? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a great, great book by Daniel Grothy, and I can never say G-R-O-E-T-H-E. I heard him on the Ferment podcast talk about the power of place, and he has written a beautiful book that was just recently released called The Power of Place, and oh my goodness, you need to read it. It's amazing. So Daniel, now, I, does someone, is that right? Grothy, yeah? So G-R-O-E-T-H-E. He's over in the States. He's a great friend of the vineyard. He came to a Scottish area thing and blew our minds about friendship. And don't even get me started about friendship because that's a whole other level of excitement. Yeah, it's a great question. Do we work with other churches? Kind of, yes. We love to. Um, but, but it kind of depends on heart set, mindset, kingdom, how we see the kingdom. Yeah, so Miriam has helped make some things happen to the city, uh, with the city, with other churches in, in doing that. Yeah, so we, every week, sorry, every month we host other church leaders to come to pray together. Uh, you'll never hear us speak ill of any other church. We always bless and we honor in that. Yes, but we, we often try and we'll partner with anybody who's for the city. Anybody who's for the city. How often do we do give a day? It's generally once a year, and we thought it was going to be one day in the year, but it turned out we, we kind of try to contain it into a week. So it's give a day week that happens kind of um, end of June, beginning of July. Now, just on that, I did mean to say before, um, we are beginning to talk to other people around the UK and beyond who are interested in seeing Give a Day happen in their place. Now, if you would like to be, um, if you'd like to have a chat about that sometime, m myself and Miriam would love to do a Zoom or come and see you in your place and to champion you in that. Also, if you'd like to know more about the space to talk and these sort of things, just get in touch and we would love to, we'll just give away whatever we've got uh, to you. But I think there's better ideas than give a day and space to talk in you. Hello.
Did you all hear that question? The, the essence. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, um, yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, I could get emotional at this point. I think when you have um, people who are for you, often church leadership has got, um, it's not always goes well, does it? And I know there's hurt, there's heart, there's heart in the room today and there's hurt in there. And um, I am an official church leader, kind of, <laughs> not very good, but... Here's a moment of seriousness. On behalf of church leaders, I would like to apologize to you if you've been hurt by us. Whoever been overlooked, underlooked, looked down upon, misunderstood, rebuked too harshly. I'm deadly serious now, and this is a shoes off kind of moment. Well, I'm just checking what socks I've got on. <laughs> But yeah, I've taken my shoes off because this is a sacred moment. And I'm sorry for times we haven't got this right as church leaders. But I've also been part of a church when leaders haven't got it right with me. So this is a moment of fresh start, I think. I think to answer your question or begin to start to answer that question, we need to believe that we are a gift. Hey, I'm not being arrogant, but I'm a gift to the city. And if I don't believe that, then I'm a mistake. So I want to let you know that you're a gift. You're a profound gift to your city, to your place. Your voice really matters. Your heart really matters. You're a gift to your city. But also, the people around you are even more so. So I think you're good, but you're not that good. Because <laughs> God put us in team. And one of the reasons I'm alive is to remind people that they're a gift. Like we could take, we could do two hours now where we just turn and we call out the goal. So you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to commission each and every one to be CEOs. Chief Encouragement Officers. <laughs> I love all the gifts. Absolutely do. I love stories of healing and, and all these different things. Speaking in tongues, all of that. But I don't know why encouragement is at the bottom of the list. It's the cheapest. I think maybe just to answer your question is... Um... <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one of my gifts. Yeah. <laughs> is, um, we are committed to loving one another on the long term. And that has meant that we've hit some challenging times along the way. But we have friendship at the core of what we're doing and what we're about. And we're committed to each other. And, um, and yeah, and that's not always easy, is it? But I think that I would far, I just long for that of just being set into community where we truly can champion one another to become the best that we are, which means that chiseling parts off are essential. So yeah. 
Yeah, okay, we're going to close. Yeah, thank you so much for being with us. Guys, please take all the gifts that we put on your chairs and go and give them away. Even the 50 pence pieces, um, there's even more there as well. Please just go and give them away to someone. Bring encouragement as you go.